time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jaja, call me, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey! This is escape? Then where the pod? Here's the Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and I have a question for you. If someone came up to you and asked, I just watched Star Wars for the first time, and I still don't understand the Force. What is the Force? How does it work? What are all these different sides of the Force, and what does it mean, right? Well, you could just go and re-quote Yoda, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon. You could re-quote all those people, or you could listen to this episode right now on Star Wars Escape Pod and learn all about the different sides of the Force as we break down one of the most mysterious energy fields in a fictional story ever. Let's do it. Another happy landing. This planet is with the Force. It is one of the purest places in the galaxy. How are you here? I am a manifestation of the Force. A Force that consists of two parts. Living beings generate the living Force, which in turn powers the wellspring that is the cosmic Force. Show yourself. Can you? I cannot. My training was incomplete. All energy from the living force, from all things that have ever lived, feeds into the cosmic force, binding everything and communicating to us through the midichlorians. Because of this, I can speak to you now. See the future. You can. I exist where there is no future or past. Know you who the Sith Lord is. I can only show you a place where the answers will be revealed to you. Alright, so that was a pretty crazy little clip there, a lot to digest, a lot to break down, and uh, it's an amazing story arc. If none of you, first off, have seen The Clone Wars, it's 100% worth your time going through it in chronological order. We, in fact, did an after show series called Clone Wars Talk. If you scroll back to the beginning of the podcast, we have 40 parts to the series, which helps walk you through that show. And uh, I don't think there's ever been a longer breakdown series about the Clone Wars. So be sure to check it out. All right, let's dive headfirst into the living force and the difference between that and the cosmic force. Qui-Gon says all energy from the living force feeds into the cosmic force, binding everything communicating through the midichlorians. All right, there's four things we want to break down here. There's the living force, the cosmic force, midichlorians, and finally, symbiotic relationships. 
All right, let's start with the living force, which was the force that resided in and was generated by all life and living things. In death, a living being, regardless of force sensitivity, could perceive an interconnected tapestry of life and the galaxy that was being connected by the living force through space-time as their life fell through the tunnel leading away from the physical realm and feeding into the cosmic force. Life passes away from the living force into the cosmic force and becomes one with it. All is renewed with the cycle where midi-chlorians return to the wellspring of life. The wellspring of life is also known as a force planet, which is also known as a nexus of power manifesting within the galaxy. The wellspring of life was also really, really powerful in the light side of the force, and it was speculated to be the source of all life, including the midichlorians. The wellspring of life is also the same planet that Yoda goes to on his search for the source of immortality, which he is being guided by both Qui-Gon Jinn and the Force priestesses in season six of Star Wars The Clone Wars. All right, let's get into the cosmic force. So together with the living force, the energy of all life formed the energy fields, the force that bound all things through and transcending space and time. Through the cosmic force, midi-chlorians formed a symbiotic relationship with living beings and communicated them the will of the cosmic force. The cosmic force is also the reason why Jedi don't believe in luck or in accidents. They believe that the will of the force is controlling the destiny of the galaxy. This is what Han Solo finds so hard to believe when Luke and Obi-Wan are training on the Millennium Falcon. In death, one chose to enter the cosmic force. Leia Skywalker Organa Solo did not pass into the force until her son Ben Solo died as a redeemed Jedi where the two entered the cosmic force together and found peace at last. So the cosmic force really is kind of the the reason why Jedi can just kind of disappear and just disapparate into into nothingness. Like that's that is the cosmic force. It's a whole different side of the force at large, whereas the the living force that we already talked about is kind of that other half. Let's talk about midichlorians. So midichlorians were intelligent microscopic life forms that lived symbiotically inside the cells of all living things. When present in large quantities or sufficient numbers, they would allow their host to detect the energy field known as the force. Midichlorian counts were linked to potential in the force ranging from normal human levels of 2,500 per cell to a much higher level of a Jedi. The highest midichlorian count ever is over 20,000 per cell belonging to Jedi Anakin Skywalker believed to have been conceived by the midichlorians, also referring to the prophecy of the Chosen One. In Legends, midichlorians could be influenced by the Force to create new life, a technique developed by Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Plagueis himself. There was even a possibility that they could induce conception in a human. Hanukkah Skywalker, of course, as we mentioned, believed to have been conceived by the midichlorians itself with no biological father. This was considered impossible by many Jedi. However, the idea received only shock when it was proposed to the Jedi High Council, as if they never believed that it could happen. Uh, midichlorians, I actually think, are really great, but it's worth 
talking about the controversy. Some fans do not like the idea of midichlorians and feel like it removes the mysteriousness or the spirituality of the force uh, as an element in the Star Wars galaxy. And uh, I've always felt differently. I've always felt that it has nothing to do with the living force and the cosmic force, which in itself is still ever present. Um, I've always thought that it is a great explanation for how the Jedi are not only just so limited in the original trilogy era, but uh, why Luke is so strong in the force, why people like Darth Vader are so strong in the force and how only some people can be a Jedi in the first place. That doesn't mean that the Force doesn't have an impact on other people's lives, because the midichlorians are ever-present in all life. Chirrut Inwe uses the Force as a blind man to see and to fight like a master martial arts guy. Poe Dameron uses the Force to be an excellent pilot, so does Han Solo, unknowingly that he's doing it, but he is. There's a lot of connection between the cosmic force guiding the galaxy forward and the physical presence that that force has upon living beings and the connection to the living force that link that gateway is the midichlorians master what are midichlorians midichlorians are a microscopic life form that resides within all living cells they live inside me. Inside yourselves, yes. And we are symbionts with them. Symbionts? Life forms living together for mutual advantage. Without the midichlorians, life could not exist, and we would have no knowledge of the Force. They continually speak to us, telling us the will of the Force. The Force? Well, the Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. All right, so George Lucas loves telling us the story of symbiosis, symbiotic relationships. I mean, there's three big key examples in The Phantom Menace for symbiotic relationships. We're going to start with the first one, which is the political side. The symbiotic relationship in The Phantom Menace being between the Gungans and the humans, which live on Naboo together, in symbiosis, they share one world. One species lives underwater, the other species lives on land. And that relationship that Obi-Wan describes to Boss Nass, he says, you and the Naboo are connected, you form a symbiote circle. And this is the perfect example of a symbiotic relationship. Without one species, the other would be affected. And even though they hate each other and share one world, they are reluctantly in a symbiosis together. And that's why they end up unifying to fight off the Trade Federation and the Droid Army. Because they know at the end of the day, they cannot exist without the others there. So the other form that it takes place is the form of a master and apprentice. Qui-Gon Jinn is in a mutually beneficial relationship with his Padawan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan learns from his master, Qui-Gon Jinn, and Qui-Gon Jinn has a second to himself that watches his back as they journey through that plot together, protecting Queen Amidala. And a Jedi master without an apprentice is almost like 
not having two halves of your sandwich. It's almost like the Jedi are always kind of in pairs, very similar to the Sith. They always work in, in pairs. They always work as a duo. The third and final example, of course, is to go back to the midichlorians and how that relationship exists, how the symbiotic relationship between them and the cells allow life to exist in the first place in this story. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. The Force? The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. Found in all living things, found and disclosed from us. Uh, controls individuals, yet we have free will. We have a destiny if we want to follow it. We live for a reason and must discover what it is. It looks like it was done when I started episode one. Oh, okay. Because it looks like it's referring to episode one. And a lot of this, like this thing about the forest, you know, in all living things that surround us is really just a, uh, a capsule of what was said okay. in uh, episode five. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. The core of the Force. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got the dark side, the light side. One is selfless, one is selfish. And you want to keep them in balance. What happens when you go to the dark side is it goes out of balance and then you get really selfish and you forget about everybody and you ultimately lead yourself because when you get selfish, you get stuff or you want stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you want stuff and you get stuff, then you get are afraid somebody's going to take it away from you, whether it's a person or a thing or mm -hmm. a, a particular pleasure, experience. Mm -hmm. Once you become afraid that somebody's going to take it away from you or you're going to lose it, then you start to become angry, especially if you're losing it. And that anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering mostly on the part of the person who's selfish because you spend all your time being afraid of losing everything you've got right. instead of actually living. Where joy, by giving to other people, you can't think about yourself and therefore there's no pain. But the pleasure factor of greed and of selfishness mm -hmm. is a short-lived experience. Therefore, you're constantly trying to replenish it. But of course, the more you replenish it, the harder it is to, so you have to keep upping the ante. You're actually afraid of the pain of not having uh -huh. the joy. So that is ultimately the core of the whole dark side, light side of the Force. Um, and everything flows from that. Obviously, the Sith are always unhappy because they never get enough of anything they want. Mostly, their selfishness centers around power and control. And the struggle is always to be able to let go of all that stuff. And of course, that's the problem Anakin ultimately is. You're allowed to love people, but you're not allowed to possess them. And what he did is that he, you know, fell in love and then married her and then became jealous. And then he saw in his visions that she was going to die. He couldn't stand losing her. So in order to not lose her, he made a, a pact with the devil to be able to become all-powerful. I am becoming more powerful than any Jedi has ever dreamed of, and I'm doing it for you. But of course, when he did that, she didn't want to have anything to do with him anymore. So he lost her. Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Once you were powerful, being able to bring her back from the dead 
Well, if I can do that, then I can be emperor of the universe. I can get rid of the emperor. I can do everything. I can make everything the way I want it. And together, you and I can rule the galaxy. Make things the way we want them to be. And once you do that, you know, you're, you'll never be satiated. You're always going to be consumed with this driving desire to have more stuff and be afraid that others are going to take it away from you. And of course they are. Because every time you get two Sith together, you have the, the, the master, you have the apprentice, and when, the apprentice is always trying to recruit another apprentice to join with him to kill the master. Luke, you can destroy the Emperor. He has foreseen this. It is your destiny. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. And the master knows that he's basically everybody below him wants his job. Your hate has made you powerful. Now, fulfill your destiny take your father's place at my side. The only way to overcome the dark side is through discipline. The dark side is pleasure, biological, and temporary, and easy to achieve. The light side is joy, everlasting, and difficult to achieve. The great challenge must overcome laziness, give up quick pleasures, and overcome fear which leads to hate. Amen. Now let us pray. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the light and the dark sides of the force is probably the more common knowledge section of the force that people are aware of. So we don't need to spend too much time on, on that exactly. But it is worth noting that the light side of the force is also known as the Ashla and the dark side of the force is known as the Bogan. And in Rebels, there is a new side of the force embodied in the physical being of a large creature called the Bendu. And the Bendu represents the middle or the center of the balance. So Jedi existing within the light side of the force are there for selfless reasons, of course. They fight for the will of the cosmic force, whereas the Sith fight for their own personal gain and use the dark side of the force to do it. There's also other practitioners of the force, Night Sisters being a very third big faction, which use elements of the dark side of the force to create what's called force sorcery, which are supernatural techniques, also known as shadow magic. Other force factions could also include Guardians of the Wills, Church of the Force, or even the Knights of Ren. The Guardians of the Wills are also known as the Guardians of the Kyber Temple, which were a religious order that existed a few years before the invasion of Naboo in Episode 1. Part of their practices including preaching praxis regarding the Force, they preferred to sense the Force and its presence, while the disciples of the Wills preferred to listen and try and understand the will of the Force. They believed that both the light and the dark side of the Force were valuable, noting that for the light to exist there must be dark, and through the Force there must be balance. The Church of the Force is a religious institution composed of loosely affiliated worshippers of the Force itself. Members of the faith, such as Lor Santeca, believed that the balance would continue to elude the Force until the Jedi Order had been re-established. It was an underground faith that allowed followers believing the ideals of the Jedi Order. In simplest terms, the Church was basically a non-Force-sensitive equivalent to the Jedi Order, or Jedi fanboys in modern slang. 
A great example, as far as an equivalent goes for the Church of the Force, would be the Acolytes of the Beyond. These are basically the mirror end of the Church of the Force, but instead of worshipping the Force and believing in the Jedi, they worship the Dark Side and believe in the Sith. The Knights of Ren have a very similar code to the Sith, but their code is very flexible in following living life the way they want, taking what the galaxy gives them, and consuming what the dark side sent them. So in a way, they're very like a loose kind of piratey version of a Sith organization, except they're not out to take over the galaxy and destroy all the Jedi. They're more out to uh, use the dark side for their own personal gain as they live like pirates on the high seas of the stars. They're kind of like that, except in the sequel trilogy, we see that the Knights of Ren do have a very close alignment to the First Order and being the Knights of Ren, master of the Knights of Ren, Kylo Ren has a direct apprenticeship in a way to Supreme Leader Snoke. So that kind of pulls the Knights of Ren towards the faction of the First Order in the first place, which creates a little bit of confusion when we try to compare them with the Sith itself, as well as what Kylo Ren is, because in nowhere at all in the sequel trilogy is it ever confirmed that he ever is a Sith, and uh, in canon, technically he never is. The Sith religion lives and dies with Palpatine. Now, the prophecy of the Chosen One is a very important part of the Star Wars saga, and we're going to start explaining the Chosen One prophecy by diving back into Clone Wars and taking a listen to a few different audio clips from the Mortis trilogy of episodes in Season 3, and also chatting about the Anchorites, the father, the son, and the daughter that represent the balance, the light, and the dark side of the Force once again in a physical embodiment. My children and I can manipulate the Force like no other. Therefore, it was necessary to withdraw from the temporal world and live here as anchorites. As a sanctuary? And a prison. You cannot imagine what pain it is to have such love for your children and realize that they could tear the very fabric of our universe. I don't understand. It is only here that I can control them. A family in balance, the light and the dark. Day with night. Destruction replaced by creation. Then why reveal yourselves to us? There are some who would like to exploit our power. The Sith are but one. Too much dark or light would be the undoing of life as you understand it. When news reached me that the Chosen One had been found, I needed to see for myself. The Chosen One is a myth. Is it? I should very much like to know. Why don't we find out together? Pass one test, and I shall know the truth. Then, you and your friends may leave. So the father sets Anakin up to face off against his daughter and his son, the daughter representing the light, the son representing the dark. They both turn into these giant beasts. Uh, the daughter turns into a griffin, uh, the son turns into a giant gargoyle, and he's able to tame both of them with the force, which is something that Obi-Wan or Ahsoka, who's also present in these episodes, cannot do. 
and it proves to himself and the father that he actually is the chosen one and only the chosen one can actually accomplish such a feat. So let's just take a listen to the result of that duel and the conversation that follows. And now you see who you truly are. Only the chosen one could tame both my children. I have taken your test. Now fulfill your promise and let us go. Ah, but first, you, you must understand, understand the truth. You feel your destiny? You must see it now. I am dying, and you must replace me. Replace you? I can't stay here. But this is yours. It has been foretold. The Chosen One will remain to keep my children in balance. No. I cannot force you to do this. The choice must be yours. But leave, and your selfishness shall haunt you and the galaxy. All right, so there's one more section of this trilogy we want to take a listen to. Uh, I'm skipping over a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, this is a really big one here, which is the last words that the father has to say before he dies. And uh, it's worth watching this trilogy, of course. Uh, there's other elements that plays into Ahsoka's narrative as well as Obi-Wan's, but uh, we're really focused in on the Chosen One uh, arc here. So let's get into the last couple words that the father has to say to Anakin before he dies. And at this point, both the, the son and the daughter are dead. And uh, it was a very tragic tale that was told on Mortis, as well as a foretelling as to what was to come. So let's give this audio clip a listen and see what the father has to say to Anakin about him and why he is the chosen one. It is done. And now, I die. My heart broken. But knowing the role you will play. And what is that? You are the chosen one. You have brought balance to this world. Stay on this path. And you will do it again for the galaxy. But beware your heart. So Anakin was supposed to replace the father on Mortis to control the son and the daughter representing the light and the dark, but selfishly chooses not to. And in the events of choosing his selfishness, bad things end up happening and everyone ends up dying. And this is very reflective of exactly what happens in the film Revenge of the Sith. Anakin's having dreams about Padme dying, so he does terrible things. He, he gives into his selfishness and it haunts the galaxy. He becomes Darth Vader and everyone ends up dying. The Jedi Order becomes wiped out and non-existent anymore. And the galaxy's scales are tipped towards the dark side of the force. And as a result of that, she ends up dying anyways, and he becomes a monster. 
and uh, more machine than man, quite frankly. So it's there's a lot of interesting parallels in the Mortis arc that are just amazing how it reconstructs the Skywalker saga in three episodes and tells a very parallel event and also foreshadows an incredible amount of Anakin's journey. So the Anchorites, though, once again, playing one last part in this embodiment of a physical realm of the Force, like Mortis is the Force, representative of a planet that lives and dies in a cycle of a day. And three beings that live there, being the light, the dark, and the balance, are kind of these physical embodiments, these people. And Anakin is there because he's supposed to replace the balance. And he defies his destiny. He defies his purpose and things go bad. And the entire point of that story and the point of those characters is to tell that story and is to foreshadow what is to come. And that's what I find so amazing about that. It also confirms the fact that he is the chosen one. And Qui-Gon and Mord and uh, the, the father both appear in these episodes and confirm that he is in fact who people tell him that he is and who he even thinks that he isn't. He doesn't believe that he's the chosen one, but he is. So his destiny is to bring balance to the force. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like what we see in Return of the Jedi. Him picking up the Emperor and tossing him down a tube to his death. And he does it all because of the love for his own son. His selfless act brings balance to the force and saves the galaxy. So the force is not just only this force field that can levitate rocks. It's not just this massive energy field that Jedi believe in and binds the galaxy together. As we can see, it is so much more than that. And it has so many more different sides, so many factions. And of course, if you put all the stories that have come out of the Star Wars label together, you'll be able to come up with a, a maybe even a three hour podcast episode about the different sides of the force, including all the force powers that the different sides of the force has to offer. It's an overwhelming a piece of lore. And it's almost the kind of thing that Star Wars fans are never going to get to the bottom to. And personally, if I'm to say anything about that, I hope we don't. I hope it remains one of the most mysterious things about Star Wars, because that's what makes Star Wars interesting, is that there are questions that don't need to be or can't be answered. And as stories come out from the likes of Dave Filoni, John Favreau, of course, J D even George Lucas, when we had the Clone Wars, the force was expanded upon. And that's exactly what we're hoping as we go forward. As Star Wars fans, I hope all of us that we can appreciate the expansiveness of this story as a whole, the force being a very large portion of that. When I was sitting in the theater watching The Last Jedi, I can honestly tell you I wasn't the biggest fan of it. But when Luke disappeared into the force after force projecting himself across the galaxy, I thought to myself, how very cool that was. It was something new that I hadn't seen and it was something new that I didn't realize that the Force had to offer something like that. And that's what makes some of these Star Wars stories so interesting. It's showing us different sides of the Force and different things in the Star Wars galaxy that we didn't even know were possible. And that's the beauty of a story like this. It's supposed to blow us away. If you think of the very first time that you saw Star Wars, it was, well, come up with an adjective yourself. If you can describe exactly the feeling that you had when you saw that movie for the first time, that's exactly what the force is supposed to be. It's supposed to be this 
vast thing that we don't understand, but we could, we absolutely love it. And we love all it has to offer the characters in this beloved series. So if you enjoyed this podcast episode, guys, feel free to drop us five stars and subscribe. Send this episode to your friends. Uh, it's a it's a great way to kind of give them a sample of, of uh, what the force really is in the story. And uh, we're going to be getting into it more down the road. Of course, I mentioned Clone Wars Talk earlier, and if I didn't, then I'm bringing it up now. Uh, Clone Wars Talk is our 40-part series going into the chronological viewership of Star Wars The Clone Wars. And myself and our co-host Diego in that sub-series had a great time producing it. We, uh, we went through it, and uh, he'd never seen the show before. So it was a great way to for him not only to see it for the first time, but for me to have uh, great discussions with someone who it was his first time seeing the series. So if you've never seen The Clone Wars before, and after listening to those audio clips, you're like, I am so down to watch this TV show now. Uh, it's definitely my number one recommendation, and it expands the knowledge of not only just the Force itself, but all of the characters' arcs that you recognize from the prequels, and even some from the original trilogy, as well. So let's hit the outro and uh, get going here. All right, guys, thank you again for tuning in. Five stars, drop a comment, subscribe, send this episode to your friends. Best way to help us out. There's also a link in the description for World Vision. We don't collect any donations or anything like that. So if you want to throw some money anyone's way, you can hit that link and send some to the families who actually need that money. Feel free to leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash Star Wars Escape Pod. Feel free to join our Discord or follow us on Twitter at SW Escape Podcast. Our email is swescapepodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to shoot us a voicemail there as well as any feedback or tips or even just some compliments that you might have. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. And uh, as always... It's just a pleasure to make some Star Wars content for you on the web, free of charge, ad-free, and you can listen to us on every platform out there. Everything from Spotify to Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean. We are on your podcasting app of your choice anywhere across the galaxy. The podcast is going great, but of course it's going to get better when Star Wars Visions comes out later this month. And of course, Book of Boba Fett later in the year. There's lots of book releases coming out from Star Wars this week on the 7th. So look for Life Day Treasury, as well as the High Republic Trade Paperback Number 1 and The Edge of Balance, which is a graphic novel. Look for so many more episodes in the future reviewing Star Wars content, great Star Wars discussions, and of course, lore exploring like the one today. May the Force be with you guys, and we'll see you next time for our High Republic review, The Rising Storm. 